Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of things going on in the stock market. Um, and uh, we're going to start off by talking about Robinhood. A lot of you have asked me if you think Robinhood is a good investment. So I, I took some time and did some research and I came to some conclusions. Uh, the short story on that is, no, I'm not interested in buying Robinhood stock, um, even though Kathy Wood likes it a lot. Uh, I'm going to kind of break some of that down for you and a lot of other things. So do me a favor, get comfortable, hit the seat, hit, uh, buckle up your seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day. We are obsessed with black wealth. We will close the wealth gap uh, under one condition. The condition is that we must live under the B1 philosophy. B1 means that we uh, expect more from ourselves than, than we expect from anybody else. B1 means that we can solve our own problems. Uh, B1 means that our children, B1 children, are going to be leaders in the world when it comes to economics, wealth building, real estate, uh, ownership, and everything else. Also, we understand we must be one in order to be successful. That means to find something in common with your brother as opposed to finding a reason to fight with him. If you agree with that philosophy, put a hashtag B and the number one in the chat. Put a hashtag B1 uh, because we need to get on the same page if we want to turn that page. So if you want to turn the page, get on the same page or you're going to be sitting on the same page forever. So with that being said, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. I want to say good morning. Uh, see you in their DDS and voiceover J and uh, Brian Norfleet says, uh, how can a black man in China invest in black wealth? Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, Willie Bang, uh, Blasian Rules. Hello, hello, hello. All right. So we got an agenda today. We got some things we're going to break down. Now, um, just in case you want to know, later on today, uh, about uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, Chris Davis, who is arguably the world's leading expert in business automation, which means basically making money in your sleep, how you turn your income from 5000 10000 a month to 100000 a month. Uh, that guy is coming in. He is uh, one of the types of experts that we have in the Black Business School. Our goal is not just to get people with credentials, but to get people with experience who know what the heck they're doing. Chris is recruited consistently by billion dollar companies because he scaled up their incomes to hundreds of millions of dollars. But he's also done that for small businesses that have scaled up from five or you know, five, six thousand a month to a hundred thousand a month and, and beyond. So if you'd like to join, we have the free black business school symposium with Chris today, this afternoon. Uh, you might still be able to get in there. Uh, feel free to uh, go register at the Black Business School. Get a free membership, uh, theblackbusinessschool.com. You can do the free membership. I'll send out one more email with the link to the private Zoom. And then after that, it's gonna we're going to move on to something else. Uh, but if you'd like to join us, feel free. All right. So with that said, uh, here are a few things I want to mention to you about what's going on in the markets. Uh, let me see here. I had some... Um, I actually have some notes on my phone. Give me one second. I'm going to scoot over here. Hit the thumbs up button while I grab this, uh, my notes on my phone. I, I'm stupid. I left my phone on the floor. Hold on. I'm coming. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. All right. Here I am. All right. I'm back, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. So here are a few things I want to mention. First off, some of you asked me about Robinhood stock. And uh, I'm going to go ahead. How many of you have thought about investing in Robinhood? Give me a yes or no if you either use Robinhood or thought about investing in it or thought that maybe uh, you might want to get in that game. Uh, let me know if you, or if you heard something about the Robinhood IPO that made you a little bit curious. Um, I'm going to just kind of talk about that because so many of you have asked me about the Robinhood IPO. <sighs> I'm leaning against it. 
I'm leaning against it because I've never felt there's anything special about Robinhood as a company. Uh, they, they are a disruptor to a point, right? And Kathy Wood likes them because they are a disruptor. I, I completely understand that. I respect Kathy Wood immensely. I think that she could be right about this. The problem is that, that there are a lot of experts who feel like Robinhood is a stock you should avoid, right? And so, uh, so you know, with Robinhood, it's one of those things where it's almost like um, if you before the NBA Finals, if you tried to predict whether the Phoenix Suns were going to win or the Milwaukee Bucks, you you could both be right and both be wrong. Meaning that you know you could pick a lot of reasons why the Suns will probably win, and then you could pick a lot of reasons why the Bucks will probably win. Now the Bucks did win, but that doesn't mean that the Suns couldn't have won, right? So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a you know a looking at all scenarios thing. And there's a lot of information dispersion around Robinhood. Nobody really knows if Robinhood is a good investment or not. But I'm gonna read some of um. Uh, I read a research report here uh, uh, on on the fool.com and uh, I'm going to read some of this uh, to you and you can kind of do what you will with this information. It says, uh, despite going public last week, online investing at Robinhood is a company that investors should avoid like the plague in August. Now this, uh, this expert is saying, I don't have his name in front of me. That's kind of strange. Um, but he's saying, don't, don't mess with Robinhood in August. Now, does that mean September? Nobody knows. He says, um, on the bright side, extreme volatility for stocks in 2020 coupled with soaring cryptocurrency markets in early 2021 has fueled trading activity on Robinhood. According to its prospectus, the company has 18 million funded accounts managing $81 billion in total assets. Robinhood also saw its sales more than triple last year to $959 million with its full year loss of 2019 flipping it uh, to a $7 million full year profit in 2020. Okay. So, uh, okay. So 959 million in sales. On the other hand, retail customers aren't playing a big role in Robinhood's underlying business. So the retail customers are not, you know, paying the bills at Robinhood. Here's where, here's how the money's being made. They said, even if the platform is built around promoting retail interest, the company's prospectus notes that 75% of the 959 million in revenue collected last year was derived from selling order flow to market makers. Uh, And so what does that mean? That means that basically you have these market makers on the market who are saying, hey, send your orders to me. When your customers make an order for stock, don't charge them anything. Send the order to me. I will pay you to send the order to me. Well, the the problem that people have, the ethical issue there with Robinhood is that the market maker is going to get his money back somewhere. In economics, they have a term that that says there's no such thing as a free lunch. So basically, even when you think something's free, it really ain't free. Like you watch TV, you think it's free. It really ain't free. Somebody's making money somewhere, right? The company is collecting eyeballs. They're selling the eyeballs to the um, corporations who say, okay, we want to advertise baloney to all your customers and we'll pay you to advertise our baloney to your customers. So this is similar. The market maker, the person who's actually executing your trade, remember when you when you buy stock, it's not automatically executed. The order may or may not go through. Uh, it may or may not go through at the price you anticipated. So the market maker is the person who's actually connected to Wall Street that's actually making the trade happen. So what the big critique on, on Robinhood is, is that the market makers are screwing the customers on the back end excuse me, by getting their money back. So they'll pay Robinhood, you know, I don't know, let's say they pay them uh, 10 cents for an order. Well, they're going to make 15 cents because they're going to wiggle the price a little bit and make sure that there's a little bit of a, of, 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 of what they call a, a, a bigger, slightly bigger, big bid ass spread. Uh, don't worry about what that is exactly. I mean, if you want to know more about this type of stuff, I have the black stock market program that breaks all that down, but effectively just think of it like this. 
There, uh, there's a URL for the class, by the way, if you want to join. The first month is free. Uh, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, so feel free to join. There's five years of curricula in there, and it's really, really good. Uh, but anyway, the um, so, so with Robinhood, there's a criticism of that, and there is a risk of regulatory intervention at some point where the Securities and Exchange Commission may at some point step in and say, yo, uh-uh, you can't do that anymore. If they say, no, you can't do that anymore, that completely undermines Robinhood's entire business model. It completely kills their whole gimmick. It's like telling Cardi B, look, you can keep rapping, but you can't rap about stripping. You can't cuss. You can't, you know, you you can't rap about your WAP no more. What is Cardi B if she ain't rapping about her WAP, right? Seriously, like think about that, right? Imagine they told Cardi B, you can't mention your WAP at all in the music or you'll be arrested. Well, she ain't gonna have no career. What, what, I mean, what else? does she have right then the more talented artists would take over right so so basically uh robin hood not being able to make money on order flow is like cardi b not being able to rap about her wop which means that if they do step in and intervene that could cause uh robin hood's business model to crater uh and it takes away their gimmick it takes away their um it takes away their uh what they call the economic moat it the thing that separates them from everybody else was that they were able to offer these trades for free and also they were able to on-ramp a lot of early investors like you know small investors that are getting started for the first time a lot of you in fact give me a yes or no give me a yes or no if robin hood was one of the first investing apps that you downloaded when you started investing. A lot of you guys are new investors. I know that we've helped probably about a million people in our community start investing. And Robinhood is one of the apps that I mentioned, you know, uh, and this was before all these issues kind of came up. Now here's, here's more um, that they're saying about Robinhood. They're also saying that uh, Robinhood's facing significant backlash from retailers who feel uh, slighted by the company's trading restrictions that were imposed during the short squeeze bonanza in January and February. So so people are still mad. They, they're not the cool kids anymore. And there's a risk of that as well. So people are kind of paying attention to all of that. And that's an issue that you may want to consider. I'm not telling you not to um, you know, buy the buy the stock because there are experts who like Robinhood. Kathy Wood likes Robinhood, so there's no right answer about it. That's what I want to. You know, I know it, it confuses people when they, they, they. Some people feel like I'm flip flopping when I give you both sides of the picture, but that's how I think as an academic. We look at all sides of the equation. Like if I listen to a Democrat, I'm not going to assume the Democrats right. I'm going to listen to a Republican and everything in between, and I'm going to see good you know good answers all the way across the board. So that's kind of how I think you can analyze stocks as well. Uh, so uh, Robin Hood benefited tremendously from the stay at home play when everybody was at home. They started gambling. A lot of the Robin Hood activities really gambling. It's not really investing. Uh, they also um, have the issue of lawsuits or some lawsuits being filed. That won't that won't be a big deal. I don't think I don't think that's going to be a big uh, problem. All right. So let's see. Noel says, how do I get started? Uh, buying and selling stocks was a couple of things. One, uh, I do have a class where you can come in and talk to me and ask me questions and leave your questions. And I answer every single question all my students submit. So feel free to go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com. The first month is free. It's the best program I've ever created. I've been teaching college students for 27 years, but this is my best work because I'm able to do it exactly the way I want to do it. I'm able to break it down in a way where you can teach your whole family, bring your kids, <clears throat> whatever you want to do. Uh, another option is if, you're, if your money's tight, you actually can go to firstsharestock.com where there is kind of an intro beginning kind of thing that you can do uh, for free. Uh, so if your money's tight and you don't want to do the free month option on the Black Stock Market Program, uh, feel free to go to firstshareofstock.com. Uh, there's the URL on the screen and that can get you started also. All right. So uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. All right. So I'm going to lay out some quick facts about what's going on in the stock market that you may want to be aware of. Uh, number one, um, right now the uh, 10 year yield is uh, is going down, which is really interesting. The 10 year yield on the on the uh, on the treasury bond uh, or the 
10-year Treasury bond, that that yield is actually dropping, which is interesting because some people think that means we could be having a recession coming up. Now, I went through some notes um, with Morgan Stanley uh, advisors today, which I thought was really fascinating stuff. And uh, they made some really good points about uh, corporate profits being outsized right now, that companies are making more money than Pablo Escobar right now. Like literally, remember Pablo Escobar, his number, one of his biggest problems with his money was he was making so much money that literally he lost $2 billion a year, I think, because the rats would eat the two, eat, eat, I think, I think it was 2 billion. I want to say it's 2 billion. Like they would literally eat $2 billion worth of his money. He had nowhere to put all his cash. Well, corporations are like the Pablo Escobars right now in terms of sucking in so much money. What's really fascinating right now is that, remember I told you guys, uh, you know, in, in stock market class that a lot, the, the two factors that tend to drive a stock price are expectations and realizations compared to the expectations. Meaning that when you increase the expectation of how much money a company is supposed to make, its stock price tends to jump. And then when, what happens is on the the, the um, on D Day, so to speak, on the day where they make the announcement of how much money they actually made, people compare that amount to the expectation. If they exceed the expectation, then the price jumps even more. It tends to, tends to. Sometimes it doesn't, but more, usually it does. Right. Well, cor- corporations not only are getting their expectations pushed up, which is increasing stock prices, but then they're exceeding the expectations. Right. So it's almost like um like last night in the Olympics. Uh, I expected Rye Benjamin and this guy, Wormholm, Christian Wormholm, to have an amazing race in the 400-meter hurdles. I said, one of these guys is going to have to break the world record in order for this for this to, to happen. They're probably going to run a 46.5 or something like that, right, in the 400 hurdles. It's just really, really fast, by the way. And check this out. Here's what happened. Not only did they match my expectation, they exceeded it. Both of the guys broke the world record. Both of the guys didn't just break the world record. Both of the guys shattered the world record. And Wormholm won with a time that nobody thought anybody could run for the next 40 years, right? So so that's kind of what stocks are doing. Not only are the expectations high, but they're exceeding the high expectations. That's very, 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 very rare. That's very, 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 very rare. Typically, when companies exceed expectations on, on in bulk like this, it's when you expect expectations to be low. Like you expect them to lose money and not make very much money. And they come through and say, oh, no, we didn't do so bad. Right. All right. Well, so so what this is basically pointing to, according to some of the experts from Morgan Stanley that I was kind of, you know, just sort of analyzing today is that means that they predict that over the next year, you could, you're probably going to have some disappointments in the stock market. You're going to have some downward push in the market. You can't exceed expectations forever. That's almost impossible to do. So you're probably going to have uh, some declines, uh, you know, over time. Uh, they say that uh, consumer staples and healthcare companies might be good places to put money. Uh, in, uh, if, if you go into class, um, I got some stocks. I'll grab a, a list of, of some stocks that I like that I'm going to actually buy into that you can take a look at. Um, and there, there's the program information, the blackstockmarketprogram.com. I literally have a whole section of all the stocks I'm buying, stuff like that. Uh, so I'll put the URL on the screen. And, uh, and, and so, and I'll try to find one or two. I don't have any in front of me right now. But um, the other thing too is that the Federal Reserve is likely going to um, going to stop with all of that they're doing right now. That they 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 feel, and I do agree with this. That you know, right now what they're doing is the Federal Reserve is kind of overdoing it a little bit. It's like um, it's like if a hungry baby shows up and you know the baby's on the brink of starvation, what do you do? You feed the baby food, right? And maybe you give the baby lots of food and vitamins and you inject it, you know, maybe intravenously to get the baby nice and fed. Well, what happens when the baby starts to get healthy again? And then the baby starts to get fat. 
Well, when the baby's fat, you don't keep feeding the baby, right? Well, the economy's like the baby. The baby was starving. The baby was in danger during the pandemic. So they started feeding the baby, overfeeding the baby, pumping the baby full of food, right? Well, now the baby's full. The baby it ain't just full. The baby's like the fattest kid on the block. You don't keep feeding the fat kid. You don't do that. That doesn't. That's not smart, right? So the Fed is eventually going to stop uh, putting all this money into the economy, which is going to lead to a depression in your stock prices. So just kind of keep that in mind. And uh, also... Um, the cost of labor is going up uh, for a lot of companies and also the cost of materials is going up. So there's a lot of inflation on that regard as well. That's going to cause an issue because um, because basically these companies, uh, their profits are kind of being uh, squeezed a little bit. And in fact, there's something that I saw that I'd never heard this term before called shrinkflation. I don't know if you guys noticed, noticed this or not, but uh, or heard about this. But shrinkflation is where companies are starting to s- sort of sneakily. Uh, account for the cost increase by shrinking the sizes of the products that they sell you, right? So you're ordering, you know, uh, or you're buying a box of Cheerios and you it says family size, but you don't realize that family size now is not what family size was a year ago. They actually will shrink it by a little bit and charge you the same price. And that's their way of pushing the price uh, change onto the customer. I don't know if you've ever heard of shrinkflation before. I don't know. Let me know if you've heard of that before. It's kind of interesting, right? So anyway, um, uh, I'm going to have to go guys and we got to get ready for our event today. Um, to, like I said, Chris Davis is coming into the black business school and I got to get prepared for that. I see your questions in the chat. I would actually answer those questions, uh, or some of them. I, I just can't, I got, I got to get out of here, but I want to do a quick report on what's going on. I'll check in a little bit later. And, uh, like I said, if you want to join class, um, go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com. The first month is free and uh, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. So, uh, feel free to come and hang out with us. And if not, that's okay too. Just hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And, uh, I will see you guys soon. So please have a good day and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.